Why, hello there, everybody. Welcome back. I'm to episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of the Life, Liberty, and Podcast podcast. I'm Gabriel. I'm Nick. And we have a guest, if you couldn't tell. It's Anna, a fellow political. Also happens to be my girlfriend, but that's not relevant. Anna. Hi. Yeah, I'm Anna. <laughs> and uh, we just wanted to... We felt like today we wanted to record an episode because a lot of things have happened in the world as of what's the date? What is today? June 28th? June 28th. As of June 28th, the uh, Supreme Court just overturned Roe v. Wade. And. On Friday. On Friday. Yeah. yeah. And, and it also made also... some alterations to like Miranda rights and things like that. Oh, yeah. they did a lot of things. So, like. And there's still more to come to because, you know, they haven't finished. Um, yeah. So, obviously, I feel like by the time this vi- episode is released, it'll probably be a bit after all of this has happened. You know, right now it's really fresh for us at, at the time of recording. Um, and we still don't know what the Supreme Court decisions are going to be on. Um, what's what's the environment? Uh, e- the EPA one. I forgot who it was versus. But um, I don't know. What's, the, what's that one about? this is this is i love this podcast i love recording it because every time i come on i learn something even more terrible (laughs) so essentially um this court case is whether or not congress has the authority to give regulatory regulatory authority to government agencies in this case specifically the epa so basically, if the Supreme Court rules against the EPA, the EPA can no longer regulate environmental protections. And the, that's important. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Wait, what? What are examples of like? I just I know it's important, but like I feel like I want an example that firmly underlines how important it is. Like, what? What's an example of like what the EPA does? Um, like. Federal regulations on how much carbon can be released in the air by certain factories, for example. Um, Like, people are saying, so the Supreme Court has a tradition that they always save the biggest cases for last. So they thought Roe v. Wade would be that. That's why people thought it would be released this week. Mm -hmm. The fact that Roe v. Wade was released last week makes people think that this case is going to be the bigger case because essentially the implications of this case would basically mean that the federal government should basically not exist. It might be a bit of an over-exaggeration, but it's, like, essentially what that's arguing. Because if Congress does not have the authority to regulate, to give agencies regulation authority, that basically says all the agencies in the federal government, like, shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah, like, what is there? Like, what is there? We can't even find them at that point? I don't know. I don't... It's hard to say what exactly it's going to mean. And they still haven't released a decision. But, Anna, what do you think? I'm just wondering, like, what classifies in that department? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I like, remember. does the, like, the Federal Mail Service as well would fall under that umbrella, right? Well, that's the thing. It's like, we don't know the exact law, and none of us are lawyers Lawyers here, right? So we, we don't. I wanted to get into lawyer uh, and go to law school. <laughs> yeah. You weren't there for that. Yes, I was. You were part you of You said it? you were going to take the LSAT without going to law school. Oh, no. That was like two years oh. ago. I came back to it again today. <laughs> today? <laughs> yeah, because all this stuff's been happening. And I and I actually have like followed a couple of lawyers on TikTok that are pretty based. And um, like 
I don't know. It kind of made me want to like become a lawyer because it feels like, you know, the only way to fucking do anything like in terms of my own personal agency. Mm. But I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, it's fucked. I mean, again, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the Supreme court's going to go that far. I know. I know. Yeah. I think they will go as far as they want to. I mean, Roe v. Wade was big like so i'm I'm the environment that's even more ephemeral like they're with with roe v wade there's like people involved with that and there's people involved with the the epa one but it's just like there's a direct tie there's a direct person to oppose that to anger and upset someone so if there's nobody that there now why would they like have any sort of qualms about the epa what is it called the, the, the full case? case that's yeah. what i'm trying to remember because it's something it's someone versus epa i don't remember who the first the name of the first person is though i'll look it up but yeah it's it's kind of opening a door like if we allow roe v wade to be overturned without that much of a pushback then that opens the door to do bigger things you know like make homosexuality illegal yeah Apparently, it's called West Virginia versus EPA. Of course, it's fucking West the Virginia. The state of West Virginia. <laughs> of course, it's fucking West Virginia. West Virginia has completely fucked over this country. <laughs> Sorry if anyone from no, West I'm Virginia is listening. I'm just, I just kidding. Want everybody it's Joe Manchin is from him. <laughs> from there. Is, is He's he? a senator from West Virginia. Yeah, I have a good term. The more I hear about Joe Manchin, the more I think he's a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> No, you wouldn't say. I mean, how long did that take? To figure I mean, out? I didn't hear about him until like two months ago. Oh, shoot. I'm not very much of a political. Really? We couldn't tell. I mean, I, I think of myself more as a layman. A layman? Yeah, layman. <laughs> Why is that weird? I, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not into You mean it. just a regular person? I don't think a regular person would call themselves a layman. Well, I'm not a regular person. I'm better than that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, I'm. I, I guess I wouldn't call myself a regular person because I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like my mind is a little bit more like a, a a person who is like organizing the vote would consider you like a typical voter, someone who only votes every now and again, and mm. usually only votes in presidential elections. Okay, I guess so then. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a regular person. I just I feel in like I sense. think about this a lot more than most people do because I work with a lot of people who you would classify as like typical voters mm. and their interest in this is very much like like topical and mine is like more consistent but i don't know the details of like politicians and policies but i'm getting more interested as we continue this podcast that's for sure yeah and certainly with more horse shit coming down the pipeline every day who knew that the supreme court would be the i mean we all kind of knew that but like once it actually starts happening it's like oh wow yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't suspect like the Supreme Court would be like the turn, you know. Uh, what is it? The prestige, you know, like the the reveal of like all the machinations of, of evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like I because to me the Supreme Court is like ah, oh, it's just like nine people who like you know rule on cases. I didn't ever think about oh, they can overturn those cases. Yeah. No, they're just the most powerful people in the whole country. I thought that was El Presidente. Hmm. Apparently not, because Biden's like, well, Joy, Joe, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to crinkle pop over to uh, Maine. <laughs> we got to do something about uh, corn pop. Corn pop, oh, he's overturning Roe v. Wade. No, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, Roe v. I mean, it is a good thing. <laughs> 
Roe v. Wilson. <laughs> what, what, what's it called again? Yeah, Roe Roe. Roe, Roe, your boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my favorite song back in the day. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for him. I'm just like, leave him alone. Just someone retire him. Leave Joe alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, can this man, can, like, I've never seen someone so, like, unaware. It's because he's old, dude. It's like, he's a puppet character. He's like a, a puppet uh, figure in almost the purest sense. I mean, yeah. but he... He's someone I like to call, like, class president. Someone who has all the popularity and likes to be connected to everyone and have that power. But then once they're there, they do nothing. Yeah. But, like, that's him. I feel like that's him in his normal right yeah. like let's say he's like 10 20 years younger that's who he is but on top of that he's physically that way too he's an old man who is barely lucid like, yeah most of the time yeah i mean At least this man opinion. is like i'm gonna run again like do you not have any self-awareness of like what your mental health is got like in what form of mental health you're at or like your physical health and like or just look at the polls <laughs> like you don't even have to have good health just look at the polls you don't give a funny it's like oh the polls but what like the, the lowest say? approval rating of a president in a while since bush right? yeah since bush really in this time and yeah. it's consistent based off of what gas prices no wonder well uh, why does he have low polling or based off of what polling uh, why does he have low polling a lot of things i mean people think that he's not taking the country in a good direction so gas prices is obviously a big part of that inflation. Um, the fact that COVID wasn't really solved when he came, became president, even though that was one of the main issues why people voted for him. Uh, um, and also, I mean, if you actually look at it, Trump actually did give more money, more stimulus money than Biden did overall. But all that money went to the wrong people. Well, no, no, I meant like directly to people. Uh, okay. Like Trump gave, ended up giving a total of $1,800 in checks. Well, Biden only gave $1,400 in checks. I mean, would he have done that if he wasn't like fucking right before the finish line of the election of course to win over people. yeah of course of course that's what he did it for i'm not saying it was trump, i'm not saying trump is good or anything i'm yeah. just saying that's how bad it looks to for biden yeah, right? yeah. yeah approval sense. has been on the downward trend for a while though um and we're actually seeing historical levels of polarization it's now surpassed levels of the civil war so yeah how do um, they measure that though Ooh, you're describing my whole class I spent studying. I mean, I'm interested. I like. I always hear people say, "Like we're more polarized." Polarized. Like, how do you tell? Like, from how do you compare that to those times? Um, it goes based off a lot of things. So in my class, we combine a lot of organizations do polling, and they do them in different ways, mm -hmm. and we kind of apply rankings to those, like based off how accurate they are, how many people they serve survey, if it's a good poll or not. And so we have thousands of those polls that all these research companies have done. We compile it all to see if there's trends. And that's kind of what we base the data off of. So approval polling has actually not been going on for that long. I think the last one, it might've been like FDR maybe even later so we don't have that much data when it comes to approval but like just looking at trends we can see the polarization okay uh so i guess you guys uh determine like the level of approval ratings for like civil war era based off of what like a, a trend line yeah i don't well, it's yeah. polarization in this case. Yeah, I but think, like, how do you? What is polarization measured by? I know some of like what goes into it is like 
um, we talked about this, what's called like split ballot voting, where you'll vote for a president of one party, but then like maybe the state house candidates, you vote of another party. Um, we're at a point in this country where that's really rare mm -hmm. to happen. Um, also just like standing behind a president, like the approval ranking of Trump, I believe was like the same amount of people that self-identified as Republicans. So it's just like, there's no give and that's kind of, Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of factors that go into that. Right. Yeah, because I think, and I'll move your hair again. So the, um, I think what was, I think what you were saying, Anna, before was that um, usually in history when you see approval ratings in the last 60 years, it goes up and down and ebbs and flows depending on like how the president's doing or how people perceive the president is doing. Mm -hmm. But in recent times, it's becoming uh, and not just in America, but in other places around the world, it's becoming more polling is becoming more consistent approval polling of presidents because instead of like judging someone based on how well they're doing, they're just judging it whether they agree with them or not. Like, are you on my side or not? With, so like, yeah, which is really dangerous because that means they can do whatever they want and their polling's not going to be affected. Right. So Biden is not as bad, not as good of an example of this because he's actually doing worse than Trump was. Mm -hmm. But Trump was a good example of that, of like his base never left him no matter what he did. Yeah, but so. he's a cult of personality. Joe Biden's like. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Like, we all know what Joe Biden wants. He's a fucking a damn, a damn against. Oh, not, I guess not really. Apparently know. not. <laughs> this guy. I, what is that? I saw some like, I think it was like, it was Pro ZD, the voice actor, who was like, he, he made a TikTok and he's like, every time something bad happens in the country. Biden's like somebody should stop this. Somebody get this. Like you're the president. <laughs> Do something. Yeah. We're drowning. <laughs> like it's like that meme where the the guy is like in the ocean with his hand out, and Joe something. Biden's like, yeah, we should do something. <laughs> vote for Democrats. He vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. Vote hard. Well, I guess um uh. I can't exactly provide any sort of like real uh, value to the decision that's going on other than just seeing how much it's, I, I, I want to say like, well, obviously this is less of a political, well, it's very much a political issue, but like this has crossed into how, how, how am I trying to say this at work? There are a lot of women that work there um that uh i spoke with and a lot of them with uh with regards to their their economic leanings they're all very much like conservative in terms of they're all about that grind and hustle and capitalism and whatnot but the uh this decision really unified everybody uh like all of the women regardless of this because i think they all had that same sort of like mentality and so just witnessing that that was also that was like pretty um, surprising because I expected like most of them not to be that way. I expected the most be like you know like stand behind the same. We're all in the red, you know, all the yeah. way through. Um, but in turn, but also the response that I saw online from a lot of people, uh, and which is the main thing I wanted to talk about, which was like people becoming more comfortable with the idea of using things outside of um, voting and pe peaceful protest peaceful protesting as a reaction to right uh into this decision and that can be like a lot of different things in terms of like 
well i mean like violence to put it plainly um i saw a lot of people and it's it's not like people are like straight up like you know screaming into their phones threatening it i'm sure there are somewhere out somewhere out there for sure but like joking in a way and i feel like that sort of just makes it passable so that they don't get like you know arrested or something like that right. but i feel like a lot more people are voicing things like that like i saw like th like four different posts on the same day like doxing the addresses of the of the supreme courts and their ip addresses i don't know if they're valid i know that the their addresses are public right but like just the intent behind that whether it's humor or not humor it's just like i feel like i didn't see that before it used to be a lot more just vote harder kind of mentality yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors to that. I think people are getting tired and tired of, like, continuing to depend on people who are not doing anything for them. I think uh, once people, and especially now that the economy is also going down, people are getting more and more desperate, and there's, they're getting started to, starting to get backed into a corner and not seeing the oh, good way out because we already voted for who supposedly the good guys were, and they're not doing shit. So what's the other alternative? I mean, there's only a few you can think of at that point, right? Yeah. And so, like, it gets harder and harder to con to to control, not control, sorry, to hold back this stuff and keep people calm when there's no doesn't seem to be the the normal process of things to do in like voting or peaceful protests or advocacy. If that's not working, then they're gonna go to something else, especially once they start getting very desperate. Um, which I think is, uh, I was telling you earlier, it's a really good argument for why we need to make drastic and radical changes. Because unless you want violence, which is where we're headed, that's just the truth. Yeah. If you, Unless you want violence, this is where it's going to, you have to do these changes immediately. Because, um, I, I mean, I was just thinking about this, uh, I think today or yesterday, like, I imagine if, like, say, for whatever reason, this so happens that some radical leftists, like, extreme um person just does a terrible a terrorist attack against a politician or something or supreme court or anything like that i can imagine that leading to the right reacting and being yeah. like, we need to defend this country we need to defend this and then that could easily turn into fucking violence all over the streets like yeah. i could easily see that happening and i think we're at a we're at a tinderbox right now and whether or not it's going to happen right now is not i'm not sure but it could happen right now and i think we have a much higher chance than ever before in a long time at least i mean i don't want it to happen but i can i can i would almost put money on like let's say you have one protest and a counter protest whatever you have both sides there and then show, someone shows up with a gun like i put i put money on I mean, that happening in the most next people show up with guns no, no no i'm sorry like and uses it oh okay yeah and then we have it like we have a terrible like mass mass shooting again i just put money on it happening in like the next two weeks just because it feels like that's the sort of tension that everybody's like well it is very tense right now i mean there's a lot of people protesting every single day right now there's a group of people sitting in at the state capitol in georgia at um protesting row and there have been infiltrations from the right trying to get in there as well and what are the, like to do what to agitate yeah to agitate because what their goal is essentially their goal is one of two things either because they agitate because they just like it or they're agitating specifically to get them to do something violent that way there can be a reaction against it um well something i've also been thinking about is you know like the violence of the state so last summer it was blm like everyone saw that violence and that that's a very present thing um, and I felt for that went out in protests, but at the same time, I'm a white woman. I will 
pretty much almost never be a victim of that. So we have a large population of the population who's seeing violence from their government every day. And now, once again, we are adding on to that with the Roe v. Wade. So now half of America is experiencing violence directly as a result of the government. I mean, deaths are going to go up. They're not going to care if if you can't carry the baby to term, they're just going to let you die and you're going to have to die for the government's stupid decision. Mm. So it's just like, how many more is it going to take? Next, it'll most likely be homosexuals. So now we're going to add another group. We're going to add like white men to this equation. We're just going to keep adding and adding people who are victims of violence of the government. So at what point is it time to just rise up and fight back? Yeah, but the problem is, is that we've been so divided that like people are confused at who the enemy is. Because there is an enemy that we have, and it's you know the corporate elite, the um, you know establishment politicians, and everyone who's paid off by those wealthy capitalists. I mean, right? they're all the, the same people. Yeah, yeah, like, but, but like a lot of people don't see that as the enemy. They see it as oh, it's the leftists. Oh, it's the right wingers. You're you tr- yeah, and people's like, not that I. Again, my I, I don't know how to describe this properly, but my like realization of how things are was pretty recent. But my awareness of the situation, like in terms of uh, how there's like class and uh, class breakdowns and whatnot, has been for, like I've I've known it since high school. It's just like part of part of high school education. And uh, I was at work and I was like talking uh and it, correct uh, correct me if i'm wrong on this one but someone's like "Ooh, you bougie and then i said yeah you're so bourgeois and then they're like that's where it comes from I'm like yeah it comes from bourgeois I'm like and they're like really and i was like yeah bourgeois from the bourgeoisie and they're like what's that I'm like you don't know that term you don't know the term bourgeoisie i'm not even, like not even as like you know it just was it was incredible. well that's how terrible our education system is <laughs> yeah which is saddening because like you know like how do you know if you don't know that then you're just like how do you define class these people don't even think about class no that's and it's intentional like the whole point of these american it's not the whole point but like what they've done with american education is get rid of any sort of leftist ideology from education in general yeah. The, that's why the usually the only source of any semblance of leftism, and even then it's not even that much, is in colleges and universities because they're more free to teach how they want. And that's why you see a lot of people get radicalized in college. They're not but, even like they the people who get, unfortunately don't get radicalized are economists because the economics classes I can tell you from. Oh yeah, they're right wing. Not, yeah, they're yeah, absolutely. They're super right wing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sociology and like the arts and of course you know yeah like they teach economic theory in the u.s as if it's like a fact that it's only capitalism when in fact it's a theory and it's like not actually there's more than just one form of economic system but in america they teach it as if it's like a fact and there's nothing else which is just objectively wrong Uh, what i think about when you say that is my french economics um, professor when i studied abroad in france just recently Um, He is a very, very hardcore socialist and very much believes in that he's part of an organization of economists trying to get socialism taught more in classrooms. And he even taught in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, where he talked about how Americans are just dumb and brainwashed and we don't know the truth and we won't believe the truth because like we have all the facts in our face. We know 
we know what's out there we know what's economically happening and we still won't believe it because we've just been brainwashed and he would spend hours going on rants about this he was a great professor but um what's his name you don't remember his name? I don't remember his name. That's fine. <laughs> no, I just, well, there goes I, his, <laughs> all his work at him. <laughs> Look, I, I'm really bad at French. Not a French name. <laughs> Did he teach it entirely in French? Nah, he oh, taught it in English. God. But yeah, it was a French professor. <laughs> Dude, imagine getting a, a lecture from a like a, a passionate economics professor in French. That's like... <laughs> well, he didn't uh, speak English well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there would sometimes be moments he'd just be like going like that like shaking his fist at the air and he's like what's the word first you don't remember his name then you insult his uh communication <laughs> skills All right. well so back typical to- american <laughs> god damn no but what you were saying reminds me of um i know this is ter- this is a children's show but the quote from owl house where it's like people don't um when they spend their whole life believing something, they, don't they have it. to have really hard proof for them to change it. Exactly. They don't. Yeah. No one wants to. No one wants to believe that everything they believe their entire life was wrong. Yeah. Right. It's very difficult for anyone to do that. Well, because so I even had yeah, absolutely Americans is. in my class come out and be like, "Oh, that man was crazy." Like I, I know France is like this, but I can't take this crazy. Like. And, I mean, that kind of brings us back to, like. What I, I guess I, I was talking with Gabriel about this yesterday, which is uh, the idea of like, what are the outcomes here? What's this? What's the steps? I don't I, I, I don't think anybody should, like we should not stop like organizing, trying to motivate people to, to vote, you know, trying to do all that stuff like we absolutely should. Right. You need two fronts. You don't just use the Navy, you use the Navy, the Air Force and the military and everything whenever you're, you know conducting an operation similarly i think you need all different types of tactics here right and i don't want to but i'm curious as to think is like what's going to happen like let's say that it does escalate you know in terms of uh in terms of unification like the left is pretty self-cannibalizing and so yes usually it's not really good in terms of like organizing behind a single united front right it just in my experience it, it can be it just hasn't been done in a long time yeah okay but still what it would be is you were going up against like what like if you could say which side is more armed obviously it's the republicans <laughs> yeah. so like i well, that's what i was thinking is like if it does turn out to conflict we're fucked because they yeah. have all the arms they have oh. all the tactics they have a lot of the military people there's a lot of socialist groups that are arming themselves. Yeah, but and it is true that since Black Lives Matter, the the biggest group that has been arming themselves has actually been Black people and Hispanics. Yep. Right. But which makes sense. But like I'm talking about in terms of if you were to, if you were to take the entire population of yeah, anybody it, who's left of center and and everybody's right, I'd say more right people. Yes. Even I, yeah. casuals have some have even a handgun and have right, used right, right. it. Yeah, I I agree. So like even though yes in the last few years there has been an increase in leftists who've had are arming themselves i do think the right has just had that for such a long time that they're way more advanced and more organized than we are it's their disneyland man it's what they love (laughs) yeah so it's like i i think it's just a no contest there the thing is though it's like i don't even know like i don't i was talking about this anna a few weeks ago it's like i don't even think it's going to be like a real war it's just going to be violence like guerrilla warfare of like 
rural people coming into the cities to supposedly protect the people of the cities, but actually just killing everyone there because they don't fucking they hate all of them. They think they're leftists. Yeah. Um, and like essentially, it's going to be rural versus urban for the most part. And then also like there's also a lot of minorities who live in rural areas who are also going to suffer probably from it. It's um, and it's like like what happened in fucking Buffalo, New York. Like I. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened in rural Georgia or rural Alabama I mean, as well. It happened in what South Carolina? That guy who drove through uh, that crowd of people. Yeah, the, that was North Carolina, and then there was also the other guy in South Carolina who went into a church and murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, like, that was a few years. Ago. I agree. Like that, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like I don't think there's ever going to be like a an all-out war because, like, I just don't. I, I don't see that happening that's like, not really how modern war is done anymore yeah. really yeah um like it's definitely going to be like cultural skirmishes and maybe they roll out the national guard we'll see what happens then um but uh yeah i just don't see any sort of like then what do you have you have uh let's say one-off attacks on politicians right which ultimately results in like politicians just arming up more and becoming more secure and it doesn't really change anything and wins sympathy for them uh, like amongst people who are more moderate and just like well yeah and we've seen that in other cases I mean when Colombia when they raided the Supreme Court in Colombia like all that did was make people hate the left even more and yeah. sympathize more with the government at that time and um, you know like want to and there was I think Pablo Escobar was involved as well so obviously against him as well so like doing the violence doesn't in my view, violence never works in the sense of what it, of attaining the actual goals that the people who are committing the violence supposedly want. Mm-hmm. But well, a certain type of violence, like direct. Yeah, but I do think that there are tactical ways to do it and to use it as a tool in order to get what you want. Where it's like, it's the good cop bad cop strategy, where you're like, you can either deal with me. I don't. I'm just using me as an example, but you can either deal with us, the peaceful ones. Or you can go deal with the rioters outside. Which one do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, like, so it can be used as a tool, I do think. But, but like, like, I also, you know, we have to be very careful with that, obviously. It's like yeah. how you need both fronts. Like, I'm trying to look at this in almost like, a, like, rioting, for example. What does that do in terms of, like, like, let's say they don't deal with you, the peaceful one, right? And they decide to go with the rioters. They're like, fuck you we're going to take the bad cop right like what do we actually hold over their head like people people destroy corporate private property or whatever it is and then uh only galvanize people to in, to say that you should be able to protect your private property like i don't see how they end up losing anything by facing the bad cop except being able to have a reason to roll out the national guard and create more well armed- I think uh, security. You do have when you look at history. A lot of times, when there are violent revolutions, almost every single time there is a violent revolution against someone who has a lot of power. The person who is in power doesn't is actually usually pretty weak. So if you look at someone like, let's say, say Trump, if you try to do a violent overtaking of him, I feel like that would fail miserably because Trump is an authoritarian and would do anything in his power to keep his power. Mm-hmm. Biden is a weakling who's on his last legs and is probably going to die in the next few years. He doesn't give a fuck anymore. So that's a perfect prime example of someone who could easily be overthrown or like violently um, taken over in some form or fashion without enough of a response that it would actually be able to stop the violence in, a, in an intelligent way. So this, 
in my opinion, I think that is actually a pretty good example of someone who could be um, susceptible to that. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, there's so many more people than just Biden. You know, it's not like he's a king or anything, right? So, like, it's a, it still is difficult because there's a whole military-industrial complex, and there's like an entire. And again, Biden isn't really the one in control. So, like, I could easily be wrong. Even though Biden is weak, the people who are actually in power are probably strong enough to actually come up with something. But it just depends on like a lot people, of factors. The people who are actually in power, the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the moneyed interests. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I'm th- I'm thinking about corporations, and that's the other thing is like it depends on what they want. Because if a violent insurrection could make them money, then they were going to let it happen, right? Like it does, all that matters to them is that they make money, and I if mean, they're protected, then because the thing is, is like uh, again, Americans don't realize who the real enemy is. So the people who are actually in power are hidden and it's from sight and we don't actually know who they are so it's very easy for the, us to target politicians and be like okay you can go kill that politician but i'll just replace him with another guy i'll put in my pocket yeah, you know like feckless or like, they'll put yeah in. or even worse they'll put someone who's even more in their pocket than before you know yeah so it's like it's a lot more complicated now which is why like those, I, I don't think any of that direct action would work necessarily i mean unless I mean, you guys go to you guys go to protests and unless, things like that. Yeah. Do you see them as like a very, like a super? Like I, I'm always curious as to like the, uh, the, uh, the actual effectiveness of protests and things like that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do them. It's just like, like I don't know. They're in ivory castles and shit. So it's like, sure, run around and rampage through your streets. I'm just gonna sit back and watch some Netflix. Yeah, you know, like how much do they feel that? I mean, I think so. This is I was actually gonna get to this with the last point as well is that anything that we do has to have a strategy and focus and discipline. There has to be a goal and there has to be a plan to implement that goal, right? Mm-hmm. So protesting is, a, I think, a necessary foundation to where you start the process of organizing and actually trying to reach your goal. The point isn't necessarily the protest per se. Sometimes protests do actually work, but other times what those protests are is an organizing center to where you get people together to come up with the actual strategy you need to implement the goal. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just another form of organizing. Like, um, would BLM Chaz zones be started to become a topic of organization? And through these organiza- through these protests, you would meet people who are interested in that. And um, I don't know if you know, a Chaz zone is essentially just blocking off a whole area of the city and taking over it and saying this is now like the people's property not yours we're not going to let you in and usually what they do is they take care of homeless people they start their own community gardens they start their own healthcare systems sometimes because they'll get people with that training in and a lot of times like specifically homeless people love these things mm-hmm. and it's just a way to show the community like look look what we can do without the government like why do you need these people who aren't going to do anything for you? I mean, the Breonna Taylor um, protest, they built a Chaz zone and they had a similar thing. People were getting fed every week that weren't able to afford that before. And it can't last long and it's not supposed to last long. Okay. It's just to show people what we're fighting for and what we're going towards and find and convince people and find people who are willing to head towards that goal. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So I think what's missing of the left completely is just organization and leadership. Mm-hmm. We need someone who can create that leadership and 
uh, point a map towards a path. And it doesn't have to be, you know, exact. It doesn't have to be like a whole full detail 10-year plan or some shit. But it has to be something where we have actual direction. Because right now it's just a bunch of like 10 million t talking heads and then everyone disagrees with everyone and then we just don't get anything done, right? So we need to have leadership. We need to have discipline. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of toxic culture amongst the left where if it's like, well, if it's not about me, then obviously if you're not centering me, then obviously this is not a good movement. And it's just like people need to realize that this is not about you. It's about a movement. And as leftists, we're talking about community and solidarity, not about individuals. So we have to be able to put our individual egos aside so that we can actually create a movement that works towards a path. And we, I think right now we're lacking that and we need to fix that as soon as possible if we want to actually stop the right wing extremists. How do you fix that? Huh? How do you fix that? Um, it's very, you have to have someone, I think, I think you just need to have good leadership. That's really the main thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but how do you like, how do you prop up people like that? Cause that's always been like another issue of the left is the fact that in order to climb the hierarchy of American politics, you have to be like, not necessarily like people like Bernie and, uh, and AOC, I guess. And, and, and those group of people are like few and far between. Yeah. Like, how do you create, how do you have more people become, climb up that ladder when, like, the ladder is, like, completely against those people in, in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it doesn't have to be, have to be just through politics, although that is one of the main ways. Well, that's why you can't only go through politics. Exactly. Like, yeah. Chris Smalls is a good example of a good, who I think is a good leader, and he's just in the labor movement, right? Mm -hmm. He led the Amazon labor union to have their first uh, victory, right? So like, are labor unions private? Like in in the technical sense, are they private? Like not know. tied to government? Uh yes, I think they're considered private entities, but okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, I think they're like technically considered non-profits but i'm could be very wrong about that so don't quote me on that i guess i guess like more than anything i bet like are they tied to government uh like at all like were they unless they represent government employees no i don't think so okay yeah uh i mean yeah that's i just like i don't know i'm just such a cynical bastard when it comes to these people because i see like us getting one small victory and then they fucking overturn everything you know like like just happened you know you get small victory and then they're like well let's just turn back the dial about 70 years and let's see how you guys like this environment yeah. you know it's like all right we get labor unions and then they just fucking smack you with some sort of like legislation that comes out of nowhere about i i don't even know how it happened but it's just like i saw someone say uh like a perfect example is what happened with like gamestop and amc is there was a situation in which a group of people collectively organized to uh fuck over short uh short traders or uh yeah like basically people who like trade on the the downfall of a company right right and this is one instance where the the wealthy you know hedge funds and whatnot stood not to win and they pulled all the strings possible in their sort of like control to make sure that nobody could withdraw their money from like uh, like Robin Hood or any sort of those things so that they could not get fucked over. And it was justified as being like, I don't know. I don't remember if they justify it through technical things or they were like, oh, my God, there'd be so many terrible things that would happen as a result of these people losing money. But like it was a lot of money. 
And so I just don't see how they would not do that with other things like the growth of labor unions or the EPA. (laughs) Of course they would do that. I mean, it's like you're never going, especially in our current environment with how far we have fallen, it's going to be a long time before we get back to where we need to be, right? That's so sad. I know. That's so fucking sad but what else are we gonna do just sit here and let it get worse no of course not but it's so sad that we're here because the possibility of it not being there is is within our grasp it's possible it's attainable today yeah we could have done it if we had you know didn't have corrupt corporate entities corrupting our politicians a democratic party that's useless and weak and a republican party that continues to get more and more extreme because that's what helps their base so I mean, it just I'm feeling completely exasperated in this present moment. And it is this exact sort of moment that makes me wonder if it's not a bad idea to just go all out and try and overthrow everything. Right. Because it's just like that exasperation. You're like, it's there. It's not impossible. It's not like it's outside of our technological reach. It's not. It's within our technological reach completely. I mean, I think the problem as well is like we need to. So. It's a lot of factors, right? Or technological capacities. Like, and the thing is, it's difficult to, I think one thing as well with organizing is that we have to some, we have to be able to keep optimism and hope alive while still being able to be critical and constructive. So like every, like you were saying earlier, like whenever there's a small victory, there seems to be a big back, like, you know, another huge loss or like they come, they react in a way that makes that, that basically wipes away that victory. It's like, mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that like, they want to continue to put into our head that we are going to fail and there's no point in even bothering trying. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess the only W strategy that we have in our, in our grasp is, the, is time. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. I feel like as time goes on, people become more and more aware of problems and become more, let's say, become more progressive. Yeah. The younger they are with each generation. Right. I feel like that is I'm not going to say objective fact, but I feel like there's a trend there. Yeah. Where each generation becomes more and more progressive. So the only real W that we have on our on our side is the fact that I like I hate to be this way, but these people will die (laughs) and leave, you know, and then like hopefully you'll get more conscientious people who get who inherit money right you know i mean yeah i mean it's true that time is really the main thing that we have to wait on but of course things are scudding so bad that we have to do something in order to accelerate that we don't have time especially with the environment so like that's true i think one of the things that we have to recognize is that we have a problem we have a problem with controlling the message right Mm -hmm. so this is what i mean is like the message overwhelmingly is being controlled by corporate entities and by main, mainstream media of like every time the, there's a, a victory for the working class or for regular people there seems to be a failure after that that basically deflates any sort of optimism and hope we have to figure out a way to control that message in the sense of like no this is a victory we're getting towards there we have to, we cannot give up hope and this is what we need to do next right mm-hmm. there needs to be an ongoing effort to do that but again it's that lack of leadership and lack of coherence and organization that we don't have mm. bernie sanders was the closest we had to you know the left being unified around someone and being you know having a specific and direct goal yeah. um so like it's definitely possible and again it doesn't have to be a politician but it, it, a lot of times it is um so like you know i think if we if we see what bernie sanders did and we can do like that again but even better next time 
Yeah. I think we can have the hope to have that. I mean, I think right. Like, I'm it, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that AOC, I think, is showing some really good leadership right now with the response to Roe v. Wade, where she's literally giving a list of demands for the Democrats of like, this is what you should do right fucking now so that you can actually get things done and people will actually think that you're doing something, right? And, um, you know, she's 100% on point. So I think this is where those kind of things where AOC shines and she's hopefully going to continue in that trend. What a great woman. Love her. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, I, I don't know. Again, I'm basing... It's unfortunate, but I feel like a lot of my knowledge comes off of posts that I see. Um, but I saw somewhere that a lot of, like, uh, local positions run uncontested yes, by, like, by, like, Republican candidates. Yeah. So uh, that's also, I feel like, a very... I feel like a lot more people should run for stuff like that. They and, should, like, yeah. cause, like, at least a division of resources where they're, like, they can't just focus on, let's win the next fucking... Uh, you know, whatever you call the thing when Congress uh, elects people. What's it called? Election? Midterms? Midterms. Yeah, sorry, I I lost the word. (laughs) Uh, Midterms and, like, presidential elections. Yeah, I mean, I agree that we need to have more people running for office, especially younger people. Um, But, like, like, you guys are, like, come on, young people, you're already getting paid horse shit. Like, (laughs) you know, at least get paid horse shit doing something that's morally just. Yeah, that's true. No, I agree. I mean, to be fair, we that was actually strategy of twenty twenty. I was part of. I worked with the Democratic Party of Georgia, and that was our goal. And we worked on that. Huh? We we worked on the same thing. Well, yeah, but I was. <laughs> you weren't working there when I was doing candidate recruitment. Okay. I was talking specifically about uh, the candidate, candidate recruitment yeah. part. Yeah. So the, there was Jesus. <laughs> inject yourself into this conversation yeah what are you a guest are here or something get yank her microphone so away <laughs> no i'll 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 get your thing in a second but how no, dare I was... you try and politicalize this situation <laughs> but yeah the um that was our goal in 2020 and i was part of the candidate recruitment process and we actually did reach our goal which we got the most candidates democratic candidates to run for office in 150 years in 2020 in georgia would be a at Which we did, we actually ended up getting the most wins out of any Georgia state. Hell yeah, dude! That's in the awesome. state legislature, but well, I was I was gonna say this may be more of a personal like question, less effect. But I'm I'm wondering more about more about like how me, and I guess as a result of that, how like regular people can like become part of that. Like I'd like to be somebody who's like like what what would be something that i would do like if you could be like yeah like what's something like i could do towards this like in terms of state positions or like any sort of contribution towards this movement because i actually struggle with that a lot where i'm like i don't know what to do like i don't i don't feel like i would be any any help going out and like canvassing and knocking on doors because i'm (laughs) i have a polarizing personality yes, you do. <laughs> Anna I mean I, I feel like the little things we do have more of an impact than we think um, for example with the Trump and Biden election I talked to multiple people where they're like yes I didn't knock on doors or anything but I convinced my dad who's um, voted 20 years Republican to vote for Biden because I reminded him of the environment and things that are important to me so yeah, not everyone's going to convince like 50 or 100 people to go vote for someone. But as long as you're making sure you're focusing on your circle and that you're getting those people out to vote and making sure they know what's important and especially why it's important to you, I think 
sometimes that is enough that um of course you want to vote and contribute when you can and just make sure you're talking about these state candidates because a lot of people don't even know what their state representatives do yeah and uh there's a lot of ballot drop off especially amongst democrats so a lot of people don't vote down the ballot so it's important to talk about local elections but outside of just voting as well i think it's also like um i mean the labor movement touches everyone right so literally every single person most people have a job so anyone can be a labor organizer right if you have a job what is that Um, so for me for example like i work in it at a very at a small borderline startup company like what does that mean for me what do i do do i you start having conversations with your coworkers to see if this is something they would be interested in and what and you can start i mean even before you have those conversations, there has trainings online, and I can give you more information on that um, offline, but there's trainings where you can go to be like, hey, this is how you organize your workplace. You have, but like essentially it's just you have conversations with coworkers, tell, ask you what, get a pulse on like what they feel like could be better in the company. And then you can start having conversation about, well, there is a way for us to come together as a unit mm-hmm. and just negotiate with our bosses. Like, Hey, this is the sort of the things we want to improve this company. Will you, um, you know, negotiate with us? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I feel like you have a lot of lever- leverage with what happened to you. You'll be like, okay, they, this happened to me. It can happen to you. Like who's protecting you. I mean, I mean, we have we do regularly have those sort of conversations. Like, yeah. I like to say that at the like in our company, it's very like in, all the employees since it's so small, all the employees talk a lot to each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also simple things too. Like, I wish when I was at Arby's that I knew more about unions, but I started a letter writing campaign with all the managers and the people we worked around because one of my managers just treated all the workers unfairly. So we wrote, everyone wrote to management about how terrible he was. And we didn't win, but we definitely, anytime we were on shift with other people with that bad manager, we would unite together to kind of overpower him. And like, it's not, it's not as big as joining a union, but it's making sure that we're looking out for each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like, how did you guys, how did that work out? Like, uh, that's a, yeah, it didn't work out well. It's part of the reasons I quit Arby's and a lot of other people did too. He had cases of sexual harassment. He was working people hours over shifts. He was just rude. He didn't know how to do the job. No one wanted him there. And for some reason, no matter what we did, we could not get him fired. It didn't make sense. Yeah, and there's always going to be failures, but you just Can you get the baseball bat. Do <laughs> <laughs> his car. Do his car. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely, so I definitely made him suffer though. Oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> would. I feel like if I hated someone that much, I would like make their life miserable. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like fucking, I'd make, I'd do like a home alone two shit. <laughs> exactly. Well, a little thing we would do, and we were high schoolers at the time, is drive through stressed him out so much he hated doing it more than anything so when the manager is closing at night they have to run drive through and close down the shop all at once so what we would do is we'd pull up to the drive through window and it would beep be like hello is anyone there hello and then we would back out of the drive through and then we'd back and we'd go back and it would ding he'd have to run to the cash register again and we just hear him getting more and more frustrated and we would do that like every night 
<laughs> How do uh, drive-throughs work? Do you have a camera that lets you see it, or nope. is it just like you have an infrared thing that like basically says there's a car here? Yeah, it's a beep, like she said. Yeah, you get a ding. So you have a headset, um, and when someone comes up, you get a ding, letting you know that someone's there, and then you press a button to talk to them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for outside of labor, uh, if you want to go back into more like more political stuff, like uh, advocacy. <laughs> oh, you're fine. That was fun. No, I uh, want to talk more about Arby's, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> when is Arby's going to discover that they have to start serving food? <laughs> Actually, we had a team meeting about what Arby's marketing process is, and my manager was very clear. Arby's marketing process is making fun of themselves, like how they got into the Deadpool movies, saying like, oh, if you want to get sick, you just go to Arby's. They, they purposely wanted that in there. They like making fun of themselves. That's their whole marketing campaign. There's no way that works for them. <laughs> I mean, they're still around, so I guess yeah. it does. Well, I, is that, I guess, have they made, like, a personal, like, as a company, uh, like, personal realization? They're like, we're never going to be McDonald's. We're never going to be Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we're never going to be Zaxby's. Our only goal is continued existence. <laughs> Avoiding death is the only purpose of Big Hat Arby's. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're still around, they're so still I guess around. it works. <laughs> That's true. You know like, how many people would come into and be like, Arby's? Like, yep. Like, do you have the meats? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd fucking put, I'd put my hand into one of those, like, one of those meat slicers they have there. Someone kept on doing that. Well, then there's my favorite experience uh, that he knows about. You know, my name's Anna. And I look a little bit like Anna from Frozen. A dad, a, a grown man, came in with his daughter, who was wearing a Frozen shirt. And he's like, look, it's Anna. And he came up to me and started having this whole fake interaction. Like, so when, so where's your sister? Are you going to help her? <laughs> and he's looking to this girl like I'm going to play along and stuff. I'm like, just, sir, what do you want? <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> Sir, I work at Arby's. <laughs> this isn't Disney World. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Or all the old men who would hit on me. Ugh. Yeah. I feel so bad for... Uh, I just feel, I feel so bad for women in general when it comes to, like, interactions with men in general. <laughs> and I feel like that that feels like a pretty simp, simp weak thing to say. But, like... Nah, it's, that's alpha male shit, bro. You, I mean, because I feel it. I feel sigma male. I guess more than anything, I'm just uh. disgusted with guys because I'm like, you're so like fucking weak. That's what you do is just see you creep women out, or maybe it's the incompetence factor. I'm like, you're just not a good human being, <laughs> but in the technical sense, like you're not succeeding at social interaction. You're failing, and so I look down upon you. Well, yeah. I mean, they men are not taught to be emotionally intelligent in any way, shape, or form. So they and they're allowed to get away with it because that's how our society is, right? So they're taught to be like whatever, do whatever the fuck they want, and they won't have any consequences. So that's why they act like that, yeah. and so they don't think. Meanwhile, women are taught to always think about how they look and how they look to everyone else. So therefore, they're always thinking about and being considerate of other people. <laughs> Meanwhile, men are literally never c supposed to be considerate of other people. Yeah. So it's just unlearning that, or I guess in our in men's case, learning to be more considerate. And, I, you know, I still struggle with it every day. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I still got some sexist shit inside of me. Yeah. I mean, 
Not me. Not a single fucking fiber in my body. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Camilla would agree with that. Uh, <laughs> let's not get into personal. Uh, let's not get into personal drama. Uh, on the podcast. Uh, uh, that's but, to be. Re- that's reserved for after. After. Oh, after oh, dark. After Ooh, what life, liberty, and podcasts. After, after dark. dark. We know oh we should call it something God. else like after no, do like after the, the, the fall spo- of the empire. This <laughs> the SpongeBob thing. Life, liberty, and podcast at night. <laughs> God. Um yeah. Life but, Liberty um, and Dark Cast. With the men are assholes thing though, I've I've been talking to Gabe about this a bit. It's a guy will be perfectly normal. And then you go into a STEM class with them. Mm-hmm. Or like for me in high school, accelerated math. And I don't know what happens. When it turns into math, they turn into assholes. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how you solve that. Or like, they, like I've straight up been in a group with guys and I was like, yeah, we'll do the worksheet or we'll do this experiment. You can just sit back. It's okay. And I have women, like I worked in a master's class on this um, research lab for politics that they have a rule that they will not work with men because of how ridiculous they are when it comes to research. God, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. That's that's so weird because in my head, again, not to be like, you know, a fucking sim, but um like in my head if you were to tell me hey which one do you think is generally more intelligent i'd say women a hundred percent of the time i mean because like most of the time whenever i like at the company that i work at right in all stations i would i would say the women are more intelligent both in well obviously in emotions but like more intelligent about what they do more precise they give a shit more like do you think in Uh, general yeah it's like that whole thing with guys applying to jobs and girls applying to jobs yeah Yeah, guys are way more likely to apply for a job that they are unqualified for than a woman would women are more likely to like make sure they follow that they have all the tick boxes and stuff which is why we have a problem with women running for office the most common thing you hear is like oh i'm not qualified to do that or i don't know enough about politics when you have tons of guys and i've met tons of guys who are running for office or in office yeah. i know nothing yeah. i wish that wasn't a result of like uh ignorance you know what i'm saying like i i like that quality in people where they're just like fuck it i'm gonna do it you can't yeah. stop me until they stop you but like you can't stop me i'm going i'm going i'm doing this right like that's typically a thing i guess like you said characterized by guys like i think that that's a good quality to have but more in the sense of like once you learn once you go through that phase of like oh i'm not qualified for anything right you should have i I think a a maturity or something like that is like realizing like fuck it these are all made up things none of this matters this is just words on a computer screen yeah it's that it's that graph that i continue to forget the name of that we said that last episode that we researched the uh it starts with a k (laughs) (laughs) the fucking again we're looking it up again god damn it but yes the you know that graph where it's like at the beginning when you're learning something it's like kruger yeah the kruger effect or something okay. shit like that where it's like at near the beginning of when you're learning something you think you're really smart and you think oh, you're really good and then you dunning kruger uh, effect maybe? yeah yeah and then eventually you go all the way down because yeah. like oh i'm actually terrible at this but you're actually better than you were before yeah dunning yeah. and then there's eventually a stabilization point when they get back to that stabilization point that's when you should do things like i don't give a fuck anytime before that no <laughs> yeah um but yeah th- back to the women thing i'm wondering if that <laughs> 
I wonder if that's because of the fact that women only recently got to have more freedom and more freedom in the, both in the workplace and also with voting and also with uh, being able to have an education. Yeah, I think it's because we're respected less. So we, so when we go into an argument, we have to know everything about that subject because we know it's, it's like women who are into comics. They go into a comic book store, uh, some douchebag is going to come up to them like, so what's your favorite comic or like oh can you can you name all the avengers you know it's like that common joke God, it's they have to defend like themselves constantly to even be in the room so of course they're not going to apply for a job if they don't have all the qualities because they think they're going to have to defend themselves for even being there in the first place mm, i see i mean i don't i i might cut i might catch some flack for this but i don't even view guys like that as real people like you're like guy. again no i'm not but i'm not like one of those people oh but not you so everyone else but except for you no i'm not like that i never i don't hold people to that standard i've never been like oh yeah well what about this this and this thing it makes no fucking sense like people having their own like relative like understanding of uh of things is fine like i'd prefer people to be more like aware of things but it's like the the girl with the the bourgeoisie thing right not knowing that i wasn't like oh my god you're so fucking dumb i was just like huh and i i just updated my internal understanding of how most people are and and realizing that no i shouldn't assume most people know what bourgeoisie means which is worrying in terms of like class class knowledge and like all of that sort of stuff class awareness yeah. class awareness yeah. yeah but no like i mean those they're not because that is just it, it's like it's like a social ineptitude that I can't like let go of. Yeah. Like but... you're not a real person because you can't interact with people properly. Like you might as well not be able to like, you're just not functioning properly. And it's just like, but saying uh, that is not going to solve the issue, right? You have to like, if you want to fix those people, you have to go meet the meet shit them. out of them. Yeah. <laughs> you have to meet them where they are and be like, okay, this is why you're wrong. And you have to, yes. Unfortunately with some people you do have to like, see like yeah uh gently bring them along the path i mean even me i used to be a fucking sexist homophobic piece of shit right like and i'm also socially inept in a lot of ways like but that's who you are you're not that now you're mature yes but that does that mean that like before no you weren't a person what? <laughs> no. i mean like what i i i guess i'm I'm, gate, I'm so gatekeeping to, personhood. You, <laughs> just a little bit. But no, should we not evaluate ourselves that way? Should well, we not be like, I am not a, I'm not a person, I'm not a, a person until I fulfilled these standards of being able to uh, but like who, treat people properly. But, but who decides what the standards are? Me. <laughs> I have a sufficient level of self-awareness. It sounds like you're talking about like Pinocchio. Like you have to meet certain levels to become a real boy. But like you do, right? Because there are certain parameters that like make you I mean, a person. I like, guess that's why we have I guess like, you're you're describing maturity, which is a better way of saying this. Yeah, but, it's <laughs> like personhood is not I, I don't know if that's the best definition. I guess that that's essentially what I mean, but it, like it, it is maturity, <laughs> but it's just like too many people are immature and can survive and get away with continuing yeah, to be immature true, I agree with that. because yeah. of how disconnected we are and everything. 
and there i mean there are parameters to being a person i mean that's the same reason why we don't just grant ai the uh the the label of being a person or being a thing because it can respond to i'm pretty things. sure the i'm pretty sure the basic like threshold of being a human being is being born <laughs> no a human being is different i'm talking i i don't I think I'm going into this without having like. Properly... Are you talking about like a philosoph- philosophical perspective of person? Yeah, like I guess I'm talking. I'm I've Being gone into this without. Society. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like what it takes to be a member of society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the, too many of these people, they like they are just like I am. Therefore, I exist and don't need to improve any aspect of myself because I'm a person, and because I'm a person, I don't. I get to do whatever the fuck, which is a little bit more of like American individuality, like or individualism as a is it individualism yeah individualism as an issue but like i just i feel like these people just get away with too much of being able to like live with the idea that they're proper they're not you're not a person you're scum like you don't know how to tr- you don't know how to talk to people you degrade you degrade <laughs> people passively i don't know if people calling someone not a person is going to fix the problem <laughs> it's not <laughs> It's not because unfortunately people don't respond to negative like yeah. negative feedback well. Um, it's not even that. I think they'll just laugh. Exactly. Well, no, because they're they're not a person, so they wouldn't understand <laughs> the glorious the glorious God tier advice that they're receiving. They need to treat what I'm saying like gospel. Nicholas, I swear to God. <laughs> Right now, oh, like, hey, I swear to you. Yeah, I was someone blasphemy <laughs> in his presence. Someone open up the Bible. I'm continuing this shit. <laughs> Ross, <laughs> three nineteen. <laughs> All right. Um, so now that we've gone around Nicholas's uh, God complex for the ten million we've time, circled around. <laughs> we went from men are sexist and arrogant to Nicholas's God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sexist. You, everyone has a little bit of sexism in them. I'm not though. <laughs> no, no, no. You I have do a conservative to... father. How does that? How, what? You, because I, I'm liable because of my dad. You. So do you, jackass. Yeah, and I admit that I have some sexism in me because of my dad. I and don't also because I rejected him fully outright. Uh huh. I feel like there's some psychology show now. <laughs> like, what is All right, moving on. Moving no, on. No, I mean, I kind of, I. Well, I guess we can get into it. It's a topic for a different day. But what I was wanting to discuss is like what, and it's not really even a question because I know the answer to this. It's like I'm not, like, are you a sexist if nine ninety nine percent of the time you are, but you have that one fiber in yourself that like, you have, you, I don't know, that one fiber in yourself, that one tendency. I'm not that saying you are do. sexist. I'm saying you still have sexism in you. There's a difference. And you should always get to improve that. Okay, and I have gravitational pull towards Jupiter. What's your point? <laughs> Everybody has something in middle school amounts. Middle school amounts. I'm just fucking. Ooh. I I think it means like yeah, we should check ourselves and keep improving so we stop having these barriers holding us back. Yeah. Yeah, like all joking aside, that's essentially what I mean. But I do have an unnatural disdain for people who don't like know how to socialize properly and don't get me wrong i can tell the difference between uh this is something that people is is outside of their capacity like people who are mentally disabled or anything like that or have any sort of like handicap like that and people who genuinely are just pieces of shit who like have never had to like face any sort of like repercussions for their actions and so never learned 
or like, refuse to learn. Like the wizard. Yeah, I like how the litmus test for this is just your perception. I mean, at some point, you do have to rely on your own perception, though, right? You have to be trust. Well, trusting this is his of, opinion. So. <laughs> okay, you, we can. Yes, but <laughs> what I'm saying, the limits test is based off of your perception because it's your opinion. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, everybody should at some point be like willing to trust what they believe on things. Like, I can't constantly question in like parts, and I feel like mine is not just based off of my personal gut reaction. It's based off of even what you said, where it's just like guys fucking gate thing, gatekeep things. And like they they acted like assholes saying, "Oh yeah, what about this, this, and this?" And at that point, I'm just like, "You're not even a fully developed." I guess th- here's a better. <laughs> yeah, you're not a fully developed human being. You're still a teenager in your head. So why am I even interacting with you? You know, like you're a child. <laughs> when someone says that, they've done the mental equivalent of shit their pants in front of me. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> So um, I think we should move on. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about um, Owl House because you and I have both watched it. Out. <laughs> Do we want to pivot to Owl what? House? How many? How long is it? Been An hour and eight minutes. Let's just exclude Nicholas from the podcast entirely. Oh well, no, we contribute. do this all the time yeah, for media. We talk. We talk about. Okay, stuff yeah, you're right. Seen. Fine, we won't do Owl House. Oh, the boys, maybe, but you don't like that. No, I mean it's really. What? It's very relevant. I've watched the first season. Well, we can talk about The Boys even if you've seen the first season because it's like... Uh, first of all, I like the show uh, a lot just because it's... I don't know why, but it's it's pretty interesting in terms... It's really I mean, fucked up. It, but it's also incredibly... Like an incredibly great metaphor for how things are because it's a group of people who are trying to do something and they want to take down this basically invincible uh, character in, in the show, Homelander. Right. right and i feel like that's a perfect representation of people Current in power times. because it's just like what can you do against them they're fucking invincible and like in terms of like you can't they're not like invincible but it's just like more like a hydra it's just like you cut off one head and right you know two more sprout back in its place so something that confuses me because based on i've only seen up to like i think like the third or fourth episode of season two something like that um I, I stopped watching it just because I couldn't take it anymore. That shit, that uh, it's so fucked up. I couldn't even. It's, got, it was, it's definitely pushed my boundaries well, a lot. Well, like every time I'd watch that show, I would actually it would actually ruin my day because I'd be like, I'm just depressed now because this is the real world and I don't want to fucking see this. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it just reminds me too much of the real world to the point where I'm like, it feels makes me feel hopeless. Yeah. But um, either back to the point, like wasn't it so? I'm very confused because I saw this online and I'm wondering because to me the boy seemed like a pretty good criticism of like a current system in society but like supposedly the person who wrote the comics was a right winger is that true oh I don't know but I wouldn't be surprised I mean I think we have a lot more in common with the right than we think like extreme leftists and extreme right yeah I mean that's fair it's like I was just interested because I wouldn't expect those that ideology to come out in that from a right winger. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, I mean, it's actually I don't know about again. The, I haven't finished the show. The, so cre- I don't know. the creator of it, but I know that a lot of people like have. Uh, apparently, I've seen a lot of articles and people discussing about how a lot of alt right people have been like loving the show, but only in terms of like. They love. They loved Homelander. Oh, they love Homelander and how he fucking sticks it to the libs and really? like stands up. Yeah, which is like that's it actually is the true. Most, I saw it too. Yeah, it, it's the most brazen, 
hammer on nail simile of <laughs> you are a fucking moron we detest you ever and they still don't get it well, so like who's to say that the author similarly like can construct a narrative and not not make it work well that's like, what that's what i'm confused about because it's like if it was i mean i i guess you don't have to write your ideology into what you write right and that's that's that's, that's not necessary yeah. but it's just it's interesting to me that like it seems like such a leftist critique of society this in is my also, view at least that's what i saw it as i don't know i mean I it finished, is again i haven't finished it so. I'm, i mean i it is for sure the show is okay. the comic though it is is certainly different in certain regard i haven't read the comic but i just know from like what i've read that the comic is different in regard so who knows how much they're actually changing oh okay so yeah. the show is actually like very different I don't know how how much different, but I just know like plot points are different in the Interesting. show. So like, okay. yeah, but it just kind of reminds me of, like George Orwell. Um, Nineteen eighty four seems to be like the favorite book of Republicans, and he was a socialist. Like, yeah. Well, it's because they don't fucking understand that they're the people that they're talking about. They yeah. just yeah. don't get it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and counter counter culture. I, again, I keep on calling it that counter counterculture conservatism, like Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson, people like that have done a brilliant job of posing themselves as being the ones that are being subjugated. Yeah, because like that's the only way that they can really appeal to the youth because I, everybody wants to be a victim. Yeah, I think it's rooted a lot in Christianity as well. I mean, it's coming a lot from white evangelicalists, and that's kind of been the main message taught since the beginning is you are oppressed you like look at like the beginnings of christianity where christians were killed by lions which actually didn't even happen as much as we as christians claim it did it's you have to be oppressed otherwise there's nothing to fight for there's nothing to go to church for and i think that just translates into political ideology as well yeah was it well i mean yeah that's true it's unfortunate that people here treat themselves like they are targets yeah Right, because there's certainly like people who are persecuted for their religion throughout the world, but it's like you're that's not you, in bud. The privileged class. That's here. not yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have fucking you have you have schools that you can go to where you are surrounded by only Christians. Christianity is literally the op- part of the oppression. They are the oppressor. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's, it's been flipped now. Because yeah, well, I, I go to I would go to church all the time, and all the time would be about how oppressed Christians are. And we are the marginalized community in America, so we need to make our viewpoint known. Like, yeah. and that's what they teach. Yeah, I, I had a similar upbringing. I'll say that my church that I went to was not, fortunately, not nearly as bad as like I feel like a lot of people say when I read their stories online about like you know the different things, like just fucking like I don't even know how to describe them, but the pastors are very much like. Uh, was it fuck i'm forgetting the word like fire and ashes type oh, of, yeah, of yeah. you know like sort of like you will be go to you will go to hell you you know all that sort of stuff like I, i'd say my church is much more like a like a populist church like they would have soft messages on things but then i went back there like sometime recently for uh like a, i don't know i went with my parents one time and they were talking about you know the issues nowadays and they just they listed what was it they listed wealth in not wealth in yeah they, i think they said something like that they said something like poor disease no it was disease is what it was because it was the pandemic they're like disease 
but then they kind of skipped over disease really quickly and went to and then there are all these people on tiktok trying to encourage the worship of witchcraft and zodiac signs and i'm like dog that's not the worst thing i just it hurts me so much whenever i hear that it it just it's so painful to have to like stand there and like be in a group of people who are applauding that and like love that sort of message and just know how many people are wrong and you can't do anything about it i mean you can but it's it takes a lot of work and very it's very it's, difficult to do well no man, yeah. like what i want to do in that instance is like run up there and fucking take the mic from the guy and be like you guys are all fools yeah because the, the real issue is not witchcraft and people getting into crystals and trying to find some sort of escapism from the issues that they have nowadays it's this this and this i want to like have a portable whiteboard where i can draw out where i can draw out all of like the i just want to be able to like in the moment go professor mode and be like well no this is why you're a fucking moron like i've considered creating like a bible but of <laughs> any sort of argument that i could get into with a conservative right where I would need to cite sources and demonstrate to them something that isn't the internet because they don't trust it because it's magic, right? <laughs> I, I want to like have like a circling back though to like this God like stance you're on. Like you're going to create a Bible now of all your arguments. <laughs> Why are you roast me like that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not, they're not my stance. Well, I guess they are my stance. Well, because there's a point where it's just, it's not opinion, right? These people, it's not a, it's not opinion right yeah these people are actively standing in the way of things that are i'll say objective uh march towards progress right like abortion like overturning abortion every single one of these things it's not an opinion that women should not should have the right to their bodies it's fact that they should and it's like things like that are treated like opinion and then they're allowed to be danced around you can it's like I don't know. It's like fighting in a dream. Like you can throw as many punches as you want, but just the fact that they think, well, it's just his opinion. And my opinion is just as valid because that's what we're taught in schools, but it's not. And it just makes me so mad because I want to bring like realism to it and have them realize, no, you're wrong. It's not opinion. You're wrong. So that's what I, I just think about that. Cause I, I hate having to basically sit there and endure it. Of I mean, it's, I think it's just the, we just have to unfortunately have a lot of patience because that's the only thing we can have and i think there's a lot of lack of that like i'm there is no realistic way to immediately shift people's opinions in such a massive way in such a short period of time you have to do it over time and it has to have requires a lot of patience i don't know who's calling me sorry i mean so like it's just i feel like if we actually have a goal of bringing people together this is why it's important to like organize and actually have build relationships with people so that way you can start to chip away at their belief system and ideology and actually get to the point where like you get them on your side and it's just, it's not a side of like left to right it's a side of the working class coming together to actually do something for everyone for all regular americans so that we could all be lifted up instead of having you know the top being the only beneficiaries of everything which is i believe the source of a lot of our issues mm. so like you have to 
be we have to be patient because if we're not all we're going to do is going to continue down the culture war route of fighting against right and left which again i've i mean even in this fucking podcast i've done myself right i've been very self-aware that i've also been continuing that right versus left mentality right it's very but hard it, to get out of that but, but it it's is. like we can't see them we cannot see the right at there's a difference between the people in power who are right-wingers versus the people who are voters, like regular Americans who are right-wingers. There's a very different dichotomy there. They're potential allies, potential people we can work with, the voters, the reg- or not even just voters, just people, right? Mm-hmm. The people in the community. There are people that we should see not as enemies, necessarily, unless they're actually like legitimately directly attacking us, but, like, or, but we should see them more as potential allies that we can shift towards our side, right? I think if we make that shift in uh, perception, then we can actually w- create a coalition that will actually have enough power. Because the thing is, the only thing that the people have power in this current situation is the numbers, right? Is our organiz- organizing together. We have nothing else because we don't have the money. We don't have the political power. We don't have uh, the corporate power, right? So the only thing we have is our numbers and our organization powers. Mm-hmm. The only way we can do that is by growing our coalition. If we continue down this divide down the middle of lot right and left, and we let ourselves distract ourselves from the real goal, which is the top people, the, the, the sorry, the top one percent, the corrupt politicians. If we get, if we distract ourselves from that and see the right wingers as the enemy, like the people, yeah, then we are going to lose. We have to be able to be patient enough to recognize that these are fellow human beings that we need to bring to our side. And obviously, we're not going to bring everyone. I guarantee you, at least 30% of the population, we're probably never going to get. But that doesn't matter. If we have 70% versus 30%, like we can actually make it happen. And it's not just like 70% supports this issue. It's 70% are working towards the issue, right? And actually coming together to make it happen and working towards a specific goal. I guess the only thing that I, I disagree with um, is that like your perception of them, of people who are uh, like they're, they're allies or potential allies. I don't see people like that making a change because they don't have to. Like this is such an abundant and pampered country that what saves them, what, what I think ultimately shifts a lot of people in other countries uh, towards being more progressive and having a much more equitable and being like geez we're all in this together is because they have and again this might be like fly by the seat of your pants history but it's just like <laughs> it, it just I feel like I in like in, 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 in Europe <laughs> they can't get away with it because their enemies potential like enemies in the past have been right next door right and natural resources are not the most abundant like in France like or sorry in the United States we have two oceans like in between us and anybody else like anybody else major anyway <laughs> yeah anybody else anybody else major we have an abundance of natural resources and abundance and a, a huge economy that we've that we yeah. created off of that but i don't think that people like that become allies in the necessary for time frame that we need it to happen which is pretty fucking quick unless you have and this kind of circles back to the point at the beginning of the podcast which is like what what can you do is not that anybody would make this happen but i feel like things like pandemics and unfortunate like terrible things that cause people to break from their stupor of being able to just go to work and even just lose themselves in the monotony of the nine to five right that's the only time where you're going to have people like 
choose right or left. Yeah, right? that's what and that's what I was going to say is like you, what you said earlier about the U.S. being abundance. That's no longer the case anymore. People are no longer feeling like the U.S. is like a place that you can work hard and you can actually make a decent living for yourself for the most part, at, at least not compared to how it was before. So I mean, like, that's true. But I feel like that, that, that but, mentality is still, I mean, I hear it from like, from immigrants who come here. Oh well, yeah. But, but those are really the only groups who are saying that because they have a country that is way worse that they can compare it to. But we're talking about, if we're talking about people who in America, like actual Americans, you know, like who have been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. I said that in a bad way, but excuse yeah, me. <laughs> I am a son of immigrants. Yeah, are you saying <laughs> I'm talking about, yeah. So let me rephrase. I mean, people who have been here for a long time, who yeah. have a comparison of like 50 years ago, you could have a w- one person, you know, work full-time job, 40 hours a week and support a family of four. Right. That's no longer the case. So that's what I mean by like relatively speaking, that economic opportunity is no longer there. Yeah. Um, so that's what radicalizes people. And like I was talking to you the other day, you either get radicalized to the right or to the left. And our job is to make sure they get radicalized to the left, right? Because if they get radicalized to the right, that's when they start to be the become the obstacle instead of the solution to the problem. Because the reason we're in this problem in the first place is because we have implemented right-wing policies and capitalist policies and uh, deregulatory and laissez-faire policies in this country that have gone so far to the extreme that we have let this economy and the people who control the economy on the top to take advantage of everyone and steal everyone's money and keep it for themselves so that would make sure that we don't have any more wealth in this country um i don't know if you wanted to add anything to that anna um i'm sorry i was looking at something on my phone that's fair all right (laughs) there you go there's the average american right there can't be broken from the stupor of the phone oh my god i'm I'm going full-on pastor gripped by the ever ever hanging demon tendrils of tiktok (laughs) she is looking at crystals my my brother (laughs) I, I do sh- want to get your opinion, though, Anna. I was actually looking at a congressional internship. Um, oh, well, she's trying to that. work for the devil, people. <laughs> <laughs> Further entrenched in their ivory tower of sin. Now, make sure you donate to our church. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me. Yeah. The. Um, Are we, oh, do you have any any thoughts on that, Anna? Yeah. I think people are continuing to get pushed in certain directions once again it's like you said radical right or radical left but at the end of the day i guess going off of horseshoe theory it's the same thing they just don't trust the government it's the where the difference lies is where they think we should go but i think we can agree on the problem the government is a problem like uh you see with legislation like for the people act you can get bipartisan support on that and i'm not talking about in congress i'm talking about with the people most Republicans and Democrats would agree that we need to get like lobbyist money out of politics or that we need better election funding or that we just need to make voting more fair. It's, um, yeah, I think we, it's important to know like where we do agree and to focus on that sometimes and not always focus on where we disagree because we're not going to get anywhere with that. And it, you know, it creates this trend of working with people and realizing that we can accomplish things. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even with abortion, I think what was it like seventy percent of Americans support Roe v. Wade, right? So it's like yeah. that's not even like, again, it's a extreme minority that's actually implementing, you know, a lot of these policies, and they're just really good at organizing, and they have all the power and the money behind them. So well, of like course they're it, gonna do it. Like that. That's like, these are just fucking shockwaves from Trump's Trump's presidency. 
Yeah, but they those for Supreme. So I can I do I guess I have a question. Mitch McConnell's entire goal as senator was to get a, a very conservative Supreme Court. That that is his stated goal for him being the uh, Senate minor, majority leader. And so that's what stopped he did. them? Like, why haven't they done this sooner? Well, because they just didn't have the votes. Because, I mean, it was it hasn't been a partisan issue for that long either. So, like, since the seventies, they've been organizing around this. So it took a while, right? And Reagan came along. And there wasn't enough time for them to organize enough time to actually have that happen, right? But and then when Bush came along, there wasn't enough justice appointees for them to actually be able to implement to create a conservative court. It wasn't until Trump came along that they were able to actually have the, all the, fa- uh, what's the word, um, all the pieces fall into place perfectly to where they could actually create that conservative just because even if they had like a five four majority, one conservative could go with the liberals and that would ruin it. They ha- so they needed a six three majority, which is what they currently have, right? Right, and they were able to do that because they fucked over Obama by he was supposed to appoint a judge in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. And they said, no, there's an election coming up, so we can't have it. And they blocked him because the Senate had the majority. The Senate Republicans had the majority. So they blocked Obama's appointee and were able to get Trump an appointee instead. Then um, a second person retired and they were able to get a second appointee. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg died literally three months before the last election in 2020. And then the Republicans literally turned around and were like, oh, did we say that you can't do a, a, you know, a point of justice right before an election? Ha! Just kidding. We're going to do that now. And then they rushed through because they were, had the majority in the Senate at that time. They rushed through Amy Comey, Comey Barrett and that's how they got three appointees for Trump, which is the most any president has has had since, like, I think... And, and there's nothing... I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I think he has had the most of it for a long time. Yeah. And so there's nothing we can do about these people. We can expand the court. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I saw this post going around where like, yeah, back in FDR's day, he basically was like, "I'll fucking expand the court <laughs> if <laughs> you don't back the fuck off." It's just like, oh, he's so based. <laughs> like, God, why can't we have someone like that? So dig him up. <laughs> Biden's like, yeah, wheelchair. You better I'll perform you... a fucking seance right now. <laughs> oh, Joe Biden's like, hey, hey, don't do that. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess. Where's my ice cream? Man? <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's just the nature of like an increasingly partisan government. That makes me kind of sad. Like the biggest indicator of whether someone was for abortion or against in Congress was if they had a daughter or not. It wasn't really by party at all. And like, it's just the fact that we've turn an issue that wasn't really seen as a divisive in- issue into something so partisan and something that has to be won to show that you're the better party. I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point to wrap it up on. Don't uh, you agree? He's on his damn phone. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look up the Once stat. again, the demon tendrils <laughs> of the internet I'm have so to... enwrapped my brother Gabriel. I'm trying to look up the fucking... Turn! Have you Turn heard? away from your phone. Have you heard of our oh, Lord and Savior, Nicholas I'm an Nicholas idiot. Apparently Obama, <laughs> apparently Obama also appointed three. And Bush appointed four. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. Bush appointed four? I usually don't listen to you. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. He appointed three so when you say appointed three what does that mean the president gets to pick who the supreme court justice is and the senate approves or disapproves of them wait so I, I i'm i'm confused i guess i don't understand how this works too well so the supreme court justices like these people who are currently there the yeah. six three 
those folks, right? Let's say, like, like those people are going to be that way until they fucking die, right? Yep. Yeah. Or they resign. Yeah. Or they resign. That's so the, the only way to so get them out. Essentially, the you Supreme, can't impeach them. Or yes, anything. you can impeach them. Why haven't we started that? Because the Democrats thing, right? are fucking useless. That's why. That has to. That's two thirds Senate, right? Yeah, you do have to have a two thirds majority yeah. in the Senate. Gonna do that. So I mean, they could. In my view, they should still do it, because that would be good as a messaging tactic, and like it looks like you're actually trying to do something. But I'm assuming in their head they're like, well, it's just gonna look like another failure, so we're not gonna do it. Who cares? They're already failures. Yeah. <laughs> They're complete failures. Look at what happened. <laughs> you don't think we we will quit taking L's. We'll take anything. Just move forward. You know, it didn't codify that shit forever. Like what the hell? It doesn't make any sense. Their 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 logic is like what anyways. Anyways. They're fucking idiots, that's what they are. Yeah. Alright. Well, I think that was a great point to wrap up the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Anna, for coming on. I yeah. know we uh i don't know uh, what gabriel's saying i want to personally thank anna (laughs) for coming on the podcast it's great to have another uh person on the podcast and to you know just wait he's called you a person of course you have personhood why are we why are we why are we treating this as though it's not like what I'm saying is yeah. not like valid. <laughs> well, I know okay. it's under the guise of oh he's just being funny and he's like, but in reality, well, like if that person is saying, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's that... a joke, Nicholas. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Well, yeah. As a fellow person, I would like to thank you guys for inviting. I'm me on about the to revoke that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to overturn you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a two-one vote. <laughs> Everyone who votes for revo- revoking, yeah. Yeah. revoking Anna's person who say I. Oh uh, my I. god! <laughs> god. Revoked, and that's how the Supreme Court works, everybody. The rights All of right. women have been taken down again. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, see you. Bye.